Hello and welcome. My name is Joel Martin, the host of the Morning Bell podcast. On today's episode, Ian and I are joined by Siobhan Plosa. Siobhan is a children's and YA writer. Her debut novel about a girl called Frankie is titled Frankie, and her activity book about medieval Europe is called Medieval Europe. Because she's inventive like that. Her short story, The Point, is part of Where the Shoreline Used to Be, an anthology of YA fiction. Other short works have appeared in Above Water, Vivid, and The Victorian Writer. In the episode's media section, we chat about Hong Kong cinema, A Walk Among the Tombstones, Split, fanfiction, and others. For the topic, we talk about YA once again, and this time talk about the common misconceptions and what people look for in a YA book. As always, if you have any questions or comments, don't hesitate in contacting me on my email mailbox at thepenofjoel.com. Thanks, and we hope you enjoy listening. Hello and welcome to the Morning Bell Podcast. We are coming to you from the Brunswick Street Bookstore. You know, Ian, I just forgot where we are. Wow. Do you know that's a really weird displacing feeling? That's okay. Do you ever forget who you are, Ian? I I can't say I have recently, Joel. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fairly stable in my uh, self-awareness. Really? Yeah. We're in the Brunswick Street Bookstore, though. You are correct. (sighs) All right. We're good. Mm. How's your week been, Ian? It's been good, thanks, Joel. Mm. Just been uh, hanging out, enjoying the um, enjoying the growing warmth in Melbourne. Uh, this is probably the first night, actually, of doing the podcast in recent memory that I haven't been wearing a jacket or a scarf, so it's nice. Well, my fashion doesn't change throughout the year, so I literally just suffer in summer, and then yeah. I'm okay in winter. I don't know how you do it. Uh, I don't. I okay. Just, I'm- the Walking Dead. Actually, it's a true story, folks. That when we were up on the um, oh, no. up on the Gold don't Coast, tell this story. no, Joel Joel was still wearing the the um, the suit jacket and stuff, and like sweating up a storm just quietly. And I'm like, "What are you doing, tropical Queensland?" Anyway, I admire Joel's commitment to fashion. That's all I'll say. Listen, I cannot do board shorts. I don't right. have the legs for it. Um, <laughs> well, I can't do short sleeves. Don't yeah. have the arms for it. Okay. Um, I literally can't wear any other clothes but a three-piece suit. All right. Now I am picturing you, and I will continue. Oh, to picture don't. You the rest don't! 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 This, this in is board dangerous. Shorts, colorful board Ooh. shorts and a t-shirt. That's, That's how you're yeah. mind. That's good. I like that. See. <laughs> yep. Anyway, uh, a friend of mine once uh, photoshopped me on spandex. There you go. Okay. On Superman, actually, the okay. least interesting superhero. Well, Joel. I um I'm not gonna imagine that one. Your eyes are great right now. Yeah, yeah I know. You're just, just like I'm yeah. mo- moving it on, but that's moving great. Moving it on, yeah. I admire your commitment. That's Fantastic. Talking about commitment, we've got a very committed guest on the pod. I don't know what that means, Siobhan. Yeah, I haven't been introduced, <laughs> and I've just been talking about you on board shorts. How so. are you doing, Siobhan? I am good. I well, it wasn't until the whole board short incident, but yeah, no, um, yeah, no, good. Erase that. Good, good, good. Yeah. I got, I got, I got completely blindsided by leaving the house, which you tend to do it in Melbourne anyway, mm. and discovering it was not as cold as I thought it was. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No. And I've, I've continued to, every time I've gone into a mm. building and come back mm. out again, I've just assumed that, okay, now it will be cold. Yeah. And I've walked out with my jacket every single time, and every time I keep getting shocked. You mm. know, Melbourne's weather, I think it's designed to ruin people's mental health. Like, I left my house today, <laughs> and I was it, it said it was going to rain, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't trust, I don't trust uh. this. I will not take an umbrella. I kid you not. Everyone is out there in sunnies and like, yeah. oh, I made the right decision. But apparently it's going to get quite cold tonight. So. Yeah. 
So by, the, by the time we're done. See, there you go. So you come prepared. So what you're saying is Melbourne's weather basically breaks down trust in, in the human race. Yeah, basically. That's why I'm yeah. who I am. <laughs> that and being born in New Zealand. Uh, t- okay. Here's, here's an intro conversation for you. Yeah. What, what, do, you, what do you think that, you did? Just the throwaway comment of that, <laughs> that and being born in New Zealand. Yeah. Anyway. And I'm my like, little subtle lie. Because yeah. I, I don't believe that he was born in New Zealand. Yeah, I know. I don't Ladies know. and gentlemen. I want to see the birth certificate. I want proof. Ah, right. there we go. They, <laughs> Siobhan's a birther. I'm not I'm running for Obama parliament. Situation. I'm not running for parliament, yeah. Siobhan. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I can claim whatever I want and it will be true enough. Writers lie all the time. Um... But one thing that I was very interested in the other day, all right, here's a story time with Joel. Um, everybody looks forward to these. This is the bit in our statistics where people just skip like 10 minutes ahead. <laughs> um, so I was going to a book launch, right? And mm. as you all know, I, li- I like dressing in a very specific way. But one key element in my getup was missing. Mm. Uh, no, it's not what you're thinking. It's, yeah. it, it, was was my, it was my board shorts. It was my board shorts. Um, <laughs> my belt. Right. right, the belt. Are you a belt person? I'm a belt. I'm, I I'm can't a belt see. person. Okay, yeah. yeah, and I like my belts. Uh, but the problem is my vest. <laughs> yeah, my <laughs> my vest yeah. doesn't. It's semi-short, right? Yeah. So you can see the waist. And wearing a suit pants without a belt is kind of a no-no. That's right? true. You Why? Either- Why is it a no-no? It doesn't it's just, work. It doesn't yeah. work. It doesn't yeah. Work. It's true. I, I do have to wear a belt. It, it, it feels, it looks weird. There's some, some symmetrical balance that's off yeah, with that. Enough. It needs yeah. a division. Mm. Trust me. Um, Agree to disagree. Okay, <laughs> maybe. But suspenders work too. Yeah. And I like them too. Very much. Yeah. I'm quite partial to suspenders. I'm very partial mm. to suspenders. Except yep. when they break and they slap you in the face. <laughs> it's happened to me. Childhood memory right there. I used to wear really? suspenders when I was like five. So you can imagine a little me. I used to wear them to school. And That's adorable. I have a memory of several snapping occurrences. Mm. Usually at the hands of others. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. That would be yep, yeah, everyone flicks them. Uh, but yeah, so, so mm. belt was missing. Mm. And I kid you not, I was walking around Melbourne Central beltless looking for a belt. Mm. That would be hard to buy. One yeah. was 150 bucks, And yeah, I was yeah. like, look, I'm not looking yeah. for a designer belt. I just want yeah, yeah. a belt. Mm. So I eventually had to go to JJ's. And, JJ's. Uh, I know. Wow. Do they have belts there? They do. They were the only one with cheap. belts. That yeah. surprises me. In the whole of mm. Melbourne Central. I mean, yeah. It was a really daggy, like, yeah. you know. But wouldn't you rather just go beltless than some crappy JJ's? Yeah, but you can't really tell because it's a dark belt. Oh, right. right. So it's a dark Have you had belt. any fa- fashion malfunctions, Ian? Um, oh, fashion malfunctions over the years. Yeah, none particularly suitable for this podcast. <laughs> oh, but, um, no, tell I, me after. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's for the that's for the late yeah. podcast version. Um, but no, th- look, uh, I'm I'm not much into fashion. Uh, Tiff, my, my wife, she she absolutely helps me to uh, okay. to navigate the fashion world and does uh-huh. a great job. Um, does she dress you? Uh, she doesn't dress me, but a Aww. lot of my fashion is influenced by. If he says looking at his entire ensemble and thinking, yeah, yeah. this was put together. I remember, and this is mm. a backstory. Yeah, uh, on going to the Somerset Festival, mm. which Siobhan was also at. Yep, was Swissing me along with you. Yeah. Yeah. Was me stra- dressing you, Ian? Yes, that's right. Actually, Joel, Somerset. Yeah, mm. Joel lent me a. There was um, something about a tie. Yeah, yeah, he was wearing was my tie about, and my belt. Yeah, yep. I remember that. I was wearing your belt. That's you true. Are. Tie and belt, because um, because we uh, ended up going to the I'm more just, formal. I'm just hung up on this belt thing. I just don't yeah. know. I don't think I've known. I don't I don't know any other guys that wear belts other than what? my dad. Oh, yeah. So I have to, a belt. to find that I'm with two guys who insist on belts, I'm, I'm oh, having a moment. I, it's fix, not, it's I forget my belt. 
Yeah, so yeah. I mean, yeah. I know I can relate to not as bad as, as I wouldn't as be Jay. going to JJ's to find a replacement belt if I. Yeah, feel like I was mortified. Okay, I was sweating. I was. I had to get to St Kilda, and I was walking to St Kilda because I don't like. I like walking. Yeah. Um, Despite the suits. Yeah. And a, and an overcoat. Um, yep. Give, okay. him, give him the Doctor Who job and just <laughs> anyway, <laughs> just let it happen. That's true. Um, I could be a good James Bond. Yeah, you could do James. He Bond. likes his suits. Yeah. Actually, Siobhan's not sold. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it. you say you don't have the arms for <laughs> oh, t-shirts. Oh, that's a good point. I think you Definitely. probably then don't I could have the bring arms Skinny for James Bond, Bond back into fashion. Skinny Bond. See, who's Skinny Bond? Move aside, who was, um, yeah, who's George Bond? Lazenby. Oh. <laughs> George Lazenby, I always think of the... Was it George Lazenby who was the Rocketeer? The guy, the um, no, maybe Timothy Oliphant. Tim- thank you. Yes, he did one Bond movie, I think, and then he was also Timothy Oliphant is a good sense of style. Um, but what I would say is, it, fun trivia effect about James Bond is, I believe it's contractually they're not allowed to wear a tuxedo after they've um, after they've played Bond. So you look, Pierce what? Brosnan. Yep, Pierce Brosnan. In other films, are you there? joking? Yep, in other films, I'm not joking. It's contractually because in the suit, the, in the in tuxedo, they are James Bond, and therefore when they're in other movies. So you look at Thomas Crown Affair with um, mm. Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, yeah. No tie. Look, you check it out. No tie. You'll no find no tie. No wonder I don't tie. watch him in anything else. Um, right. From now on. And it, it does hold up, this um, this huh. thing. I don't believe it. That's I, 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 yeah, I, I feel Fake like news. this is a rumor that Fake you news. heard. And no, you look, like... it was, hey, it was a TIL on Reddit. It must be true. <laughs> only, only, only real news makes the Today I Learned on Reddit. Absolutely. All right. Well, apart from fashion malfunctions, unless you want to add anything, Siobhan. No. You're good. <laughs> you pass. You're just like, I've only, I've only got really embarrassing stories. Between That's fine. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we're not going in that area. Yeah. Right. Sure. We'll mm. keep that for the after podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about media section, mm. ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Ian, let's start off with you. Yeah. Um, so media, I've been watching a fair few things, but uh, the top one that I'm just, I'm grinding through now and mm. I'm really tempted to stop is the Mindy Project um, was something that we've kind of been watching a uh, fair bit of and uh from so for those who don't know mindy project it kind of um it spins off after um the office and it doesn't fall in the same oh, vein does it yeah but She's it doesn't st- she was your character in the office yeah for, okay. so it's kelly kapoor and mindy i cannot remember her last name in real life but it's mindy um and she's Mindy Lahiri on the show. But uh, for me, it does not work. Okay. T- yeah, start, yeah, I can't. I can't Mindy Kaling. Thank yes, you. thank you. So Mindy Kaling, um, who's wonderful. Yeah, but just for me, the the um, I, I'm always concerned when I'm sitting there watching a show and I say they're going to do this next, and it happens, and that, and I'm finding that's happening a lot. So I, I yeah, it's just not quite working for me in terms of um, mm. innovation. But that's okay. Um, but The Handmaid's Tale I finished up and thoroughly yes. enjoyed mm-hmm. uh, getting to the end of, and I'm really interested to see what happens in their second season. Are um, they doing a second season? Yeah. They are, and wow. I think I think it's good because where did it end? And you can go into it ends in the same right place. Now. Yeah, well, it ends in the same place as the book. Which really? Is, and they're doing a second season. Yeah, but it ends. The book ends with not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah, so, but that's kind of the magic. You know, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, that, so I'm really interested to see what will happen because for me, yeah, they brought the world to life in a really modern way that did justice to the story um, as, a, as an adaption. And um, yeah, I'm interested to see what they do with it. And I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Normally, I'm not mm, okay with like yeah. adaptions going way off script. Yeah. But yeah, the other thing that I watched um, in terms of movies was um, Split. M. Night Shyamalan, Ooh, yeah. um, which was very interesting. Spoopy. Was that the one with um, James McAvoy? James McAvoy. I just, sorry, yep. I saw the um, trailer, trailer yep. and just went, nah. Yeah, no, I'm I not that. dealing with this whole split personality. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's just nothing this good is, can come yeah, from this film. Exactly. It's, nothing good. It wasn't like, 
Um, I would describe the movie as being average at best. I mean, it, it wasn't mm. bad, and I thought they did. What I think they did well was not trying to to get into schizophrenia in a, in a really. Um, the angle they came at it, I felt, was a good way to try and avoid the criticism. You're still can... demonising it, basically. There's nothing. Well, no. That see the the. Let's go spoiler territory. I will go spo- okay, isn't, let, he, isn't he a serial killer? Let, let's go spoilers. N- no, it's, or it's he's, he kidnaps some girls anyway. Yeah, but the the there's a an advocate in the movie who's who's his who's therapist who believes that people with with multiple personalities are actually more capable and more able than average humans. So that's the so it's driving, like superpowering. Yeah, it. that's the driving angle behind yeah, it. Even that. Yeah, I know. It's it's, it's very interesting, anyway, in t- as terms of what it is. But isn't he actually a demon? Because he he kidnaps he, a couple of girls. No, but yeah, like yeah. It, and he's what, actually physically like, like yeah, go for it. It doesn't end with him like transforming into this other beast, but it does like the oh, way- it goes like. Yeah, because I saw that in the trailer where he was like, Whoa. yeah, no, he it, it kind of does end with him being suggested he gets some superhuman powers, and then it it didn't quite it didn't really work for me anyway. Yeah. Look, for me, the stand of M Night Shyamalan is the village, and if it yes. doesn't reach the yeah. village, village, I'm not a, I'm I've not still, down with I've it. only seen the, I see dead people. What, what's okay, yes, you only seen Six Sense. I haven't seen Six Sense because I know that that's the only one I've seen. Of the his. village. Oh no, and Unbreakable. I see. Okay, so there's a time I won't. I have to see Unbreakable next because he ties it into Unbreakable. Oh, okay. But that's sorry. I'm now I'm majorly spoiling it. No, it's but okay. I'm not, yeah, I have yeah. no intention of watching it. Yeah, neither. Because so, I'm just not there for that. The Village, I would say, is fantastic. I really, I really agree. Loved the, the, the Village is the only horror film that I enjoyed. Yeah. I would recommend it. Uh, I would say, yeah, get get on. I won't say ten out of ten amazing, but it's very good. Because when it comes to horror, I'm more like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Kind oh yes. Yeah, oh see. wow. Ooh. You've got Ooh, much more stomach than me. So Ooh. when I was. True story here. Uh, I know about it. Pet Cemetery, man. I my I do not. <laughs> I do, like that film. <laughs> well, I don't do horrors. I just it's not my thing. But I had this one sleepover that I went to when I was oh, a teenager, no. <laughs> where they just they hired out every yeah. classic horror there was. So we had we had Freddy, we had oh um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Such and good film. like and Stephen King's It, and like and I'm 13. And, you know, coming from a conservative household where my parents had no idea that we were going to be watching yeah, this yeah. stuff. And it's still, like, ingrained in my head. But, yeah, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's, you're really into your wow. horror, then, if that's... Oh, look, it's not my favourite genre film, but, but if, we, if I'm going to watch it... But if you're going to watch it... Because I think right. that, right. in particular, is a physical... It's a beautiful film, and it's, mm. it's, it's quite... It's got, a, like, an indie aesthetic mm. yes. to it. Yeah. And Grungy. script even as well. Yeah. It's very... And just the way it's shot and the cinematography and everything is, is very indie. You're talking about the first one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The original. Yeah. Not the, not the Matthew McConaughey, yeah. Renee <laughs> Selwiger I was like, wait, remake. I hope we're talking no. about the right thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good, good, good. Um, but I would say, in terms of horror, it's like horror light. It's horror light. It's not because yeah. it's the kind of horror that I'm like, eh, you know, I, I can handle. I'm the level of horror for me, which I get okay with, is I Am Legend. Like, that's where I'm pretty good. I haven't seen that one. Um, another one that I personally am a massive fan of I Am Legend. Mm. Uh, not everyone is, but I Do you like Will Smith? Is that a book? I love it. Yes. Yeah. The book is completely different yes. from the movie. Yeah, I haven't read the book, but I've had it recommended to me highly. Same. But it's entirely different. Apparently, people say that the ending was more, um, you know, more wrapped up in, in I Am Legend than in. Uh, the, sorry, the, the, the book. book rather than the oh, okay. The book is very different. So the, the general idea is that um, is the, the zombies in the, in the movie can't come out in daylight. Yeah. So that's the whole thing. And in the in the book, the main the main character is the only person on earth who can live in the day and the night. Yeah. Hence the legend aspect. Yeah. It's very different. But I've heard it described as very clever, and it's been highly highly recommended. So. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, that was my media. There you go. Fantastic. Well, I've got I've got I watched the movie. 
last night. Mm-hmm. Not because I was trying to rush something and watch something so I could talk about it today or anything. Sure. Uh, but I watched a Liam Neeson movie. I, the reason I say that is I because... I haven't done that in a very long time. Yeah. I've, mm. I've, I like at least the one Liam Neeson movie a year kind of a thing. I'm that kind of right. guy. Um, so what did you watch? Last year was Schindler's List. Okay. Heavy. That's uh, the last one I would have watched of him, I think. Really? Oh, no, Love Actually. Uh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay, moving on. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> I love how we both like... Uh. Uh. Um, I watched A Walk Among the Tombstones, which is a neo-noir is what it's described as yeah. a right. uh, crime thriller. And it's, it's, it's like, it's messed up. Uh, it, if you don't like, when was it made? How mm. I haven't actually ever come across it. Uh, is, are we talking old? Three, or? Yeah. three years. Okay. So is the guess. recent history, recent, very mm-hmm. recent. Um, and I, I like Liam Neeson as an actor. Cause I think yeah. he controls a lot of, uh, like emotion in his face. He's pretty much Liam Neeson in every film. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's why and I call like it a Liam, Liam Neeson, Neeson movie. Then yeah. yeah, that's fine. Just like um, Denzel Washington. I like Denzel. I love I'd Denzel. Much yeah, okay. oh, I'd wow. much rather watch him. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, Denzel. Denzel's a different. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so all three of us are on the oh, yeah. Denzel. Yeah. Denzel. Yeah. Good for <laughs> Um, <laughs> so anyway, yep, the movie. uh, yes, the walk among the tombstones really, um, Again, like I said, I nope out at the scariness uh, quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. I have a very queasy uh, tummy. Mm. Um, but, man, they, they didn't hold back in, uh, on this one. And it, they definitely were trying to go for the noir crime rather than just, like, um, you know, very light. So mm. it hits hard, and it and it doesn't pull any punches. And he does a good job. Um, and the supporting cast is good. Um, but in the end, I can... You know, sadly, it's one of those things where I feel like you can compare films within genres, and mm. uh, I would much prefer to watch something like I don't know, Pusher or something like that, uh, right. compared to um, come yep. to this. But it is good. It, it's fun. Talking about Denzel, mm. I also watched <laughs> uh, the Taking of Pelham One Two Three. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. which yep. is a Tony Scott film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, who who else watched that? Have uh, you seen it? No. Yeah, yeah, you did. You like? That's liked? a remake. Yeah, it is a remake. Yeah. It is a remake. Yeah. It was a '60s version. I yeah. didn't watch that. So I think I've seen the original. If I think what did you think? was it good? Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Um, same same concept. Uh, train yeah. taken. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. What do you think, Ian? I, I enjoyed it. it. It goes in a direction that I didn't expect because I was. And this is a Denzel thing for me because I, I'm used to Denzel playing these really clean cut characters. Yeah. So we'll go spoilers on this. Yes. Yeah, yeah, let, yeah. Let's go put spoiler alert. So they talk about you know full spoiler. Full spoiler. Full spoiler. Yeah. Um, and the big thing where they start, he starts talking about taking a bribe and then he says. I did it. And yeah. I was like, holy crap. And for me, that was really great. And great casting for Denzel because I didn't expect. N- mm. Yeah, exactly. And no no offense to Ian here, but like mm. what he's saying, he, he's scratching the surface of that scene mm. um, for obvious reasons. But like mm. that scene showing him going through, it's yeah. a very tense scene and it yeah. is delivered. It's probably the best scene in the movie. Yes, I feel like the movie flags a little bit towards the end and there's a this kind of an uh, ending. Um, John Travolta, my goodness, like he's a very strange uh, actor. Yeah. Um, like he, mm, I, I want to like him, but <laughs> Broken Arrow, man. That's yeah, him and Christian Slater. It's like a really good trashy action film right. from like the nineties. Really? Yeah. See, does it like Christian Slater's great though? Like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, Christ- yeah. I, I grew up on Christian yeah. Slater. Um, <laughs> and then right. he disappeared. And, yeah. yeah. And but then he came, came back, back yeah, with no. Mr. Robot, Robot. Which I've just started watching. Which I've yeah. not started yet. It's so I'm, good. I'm really looking forward to starting that. Yeah, real good. I, I like... No spoilers on that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. good. Yeah. 
Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Christian Slater. Um, is Broken Arrow... Cause I, when Pump I th- up the volume, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that film, yeah, oh, yep, did, did a lot for me as a teenager. I had the one for me that... What, <laughs> Heathers. Oh, my God. I got introduced... I'm going to have to go and do a Christian Slater rewatch. See, that's good. He, and, like, he's really good and thing. When I think about 90s, like, trashy action, Not I was... the Boonheart one. What was that Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> One. And Marissa Tomei. I know, no, I know what you're and, he, about. and he got a heart transplant, but they put a baboon's heart. <laughs> what the heck? So stupid. It's so it's, 90s. I can't think of what it was yeah. called. It's like a romance. I know, yeah. It's a romance. It, I'm sorry, I did not expect you to say it's a romance after that. Not he got a baboon, baboon heart put like, on him. Yeah. Is it like that book, But You're a Horse, with the romance <laughs> thing? No? No, I no. I can't remember. I just, all I remember is it was a baboon heart, yeah. and he was in it, and, oh, and it's romance. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I'm taking your word for it. I, he was in weird things. I can't man. remember like, what it's called. Yeah. But he was Christian Slater, so yeah. you know. Watch it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Um, I always think trashy action. I think about things like um, The Rock, the movie, or something like that. You know? Oh yeah. No. No. Never saw. Ah, oh, see, but that's it's classic. That, oh, I think of trashy action. I mm. think of Big Trouble in Little China. Good old Kurt Russell days. Oh, My goodness, Kurt Russell. No, it's Mwah. okay. So for me. This is the thing about a good action movie. I come back to something like Die Hard, which is a good movie. I've mm-hmm. never seen it. Oh, it's, it's one of those weird ones that I've just yeah. never seen. Which That's I should like have. Star Wars for me. That's yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I'd love it. I'm sure I'd love it, especially because which one has um the man who has the sexiest voice in the world? Alan Rickman. Oh, which one has? Is it the first That's one? That's the third one. Uh, yeah, first one. Yeah, Alan Wait, Rickman. Alan Rickman, right? Yeah, he's. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's in so it. So it's, it's bizarre why I haven't seen because I've seen every other Alan Rickman film. Have you seen um? Oh, obviously um. Sense of Sensibility, where he plays um, Colonel what Brandon. A really, really good screenplay too mm. by Emma Thompson, who's completely Emma Thompson, underrated as a screenwriter. Amazing. I mean, she's an amazing actress. Mm. But, yeah. Um, screen, really? the screenplay for that. I did not it. know that because it's it's, what, it's, a, it's a book I absolutely love as well. Know, I, I loved her version. I really didn't like that movie when I was younger, and I then loved I, it. I watched it again, and such I was like, "This film. is an amazing film." Yeah, yeah, yeah. such a good film. We. Here's a little um, plug for the morning belt. We used to do a series called The Discomfort Zone where um, uh, Kezia Lebanski, Lucas DeQuincio, and myself would pick a film that we know the other two would hate and yeah, then um, <laughs> we would talk idea. about it. <laughs> um, and we did a Discomfort Zone and Sense and Sensibility that Kezia picked and Lucas hated the movie and I was oh. I really liked it. Mm. Um, I, Lucas doesn't have a soul. But like, Colonel it, Brandon. Yeah, Colonel Brandon. <laughs> Alan Rickman, that voice. I had a dream yeah. once and he impregnated me. Uh. With his voice? Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> One of the best dreams I've ever had. There you go. Rest in peace, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Yeah, there you go. He is Don't fantastic. put that on his tombstone. You know, but, no. Uh, you know what I love about that, though, is sometimes there are movies that you haven't seen that it's almost like you, you save them up. And, like, mm-hmm. Die Hard is... is I'm not going to overrate Die Hard because I, it's but I feel... It's a solid act. It is a great... Yeah. It's a great movie yeah. and just it works. Yeah. Um, and as a kid, actually, it was probably the first... Like, it was one of the first action movies I ever saw as a yeah. kid. The first one was Rambo... First Blood yep. Three. I've never seen any of those. Anyway, don't worry about that. What? No, it's it hang is on. what it is. You know, hang on. We can't we can't just walk past this. Sorry, the body say? counts in the thousands. I enjoyed it. No, it's okay. It's not. What? It's a it's a Uh-oh. sensible no, action no. film. Uh, with, I, I know that I won't enjoy uh, it. With a with a heart of not gold, but like okay. it's solid. If we're talking about good action films here, um, I would say for me the ultimate um, is Terminator 2, which proves... Which is the only Terminator I've seen. And good. Don't see anything Don't else. see yeah. any of the others. Unless you do Terminator 1. And it's a good, it is a good film. It is, it is it's solid. So it good. is great. And it shows that you don't... Action doesn't have to have a terrible screenplay. Nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can just be... 
like there's this heart to that movie, there's tension, it's got everything that's a great. Mm-hmm. And it, it also does the classic villain move where you turn the, um, with the good guy being the old Terminator, yeah. you yep. turn the strength into a weakness. Mm. And it just does that so well. Basically like, so the only James Cameron movie you need to watch. But, no. if, but if we're talking action though, then we yep. need to take it to Hong Kong. Right. Because Let's that's do it. where yeah. the best films Obviously. are made. Yes. Oh, okay, right. So what would you say for those who aren't aware? Let's just Don't make break- me oh, choose. So just okay, yeah. Yeah. this is context. We we were chatting about this before we came in here. We chatted a bit about this Hong Kong. This is a loaded conversation right now. It is so uh, we have please, a lot of I'm I would not call myself an affection artist. I, I appreciate and really have time mm. for Hong Kong cinema. If if you were to tell people to pick one that's a you know, what would you say? I would say as an entry point because yeah. it it has a very like simple plot, but and you're able to. There's not a lot of things that you would have trouble like grasping. Until yeah. I would say that either Fearless, yeah, or Ip Man with Donnie in. I would yeah. say those two are great entry points. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Siobhan? I mean, I mean, we talked yeah about my love for Hero, yes. right, as yep. a film because it has. Yeah, everyone that you mm. need to be acquainted with. It has Donnie Yen, it has Jet Li, it has Tony Leung, it has mm-hmm. Maggie Chang, and it has, I can't remember her name, but she was in uh, Crouching Tiger, okay, Hidden Dragon, yeah, the young girl in that one, yeah, I can't remember yeah. her name. Um, the most amazing structure for a film. Yeah. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's just incredible. Yep. Um, anything with Donnie Yen yep. is right. guaranteed to be Great. brilliant action, like brilliant action, particularly as modern films. Like I do like mm-hmm. the historical especially with sort of the supernatural yeah. twists and stuff with the Chinese mm. ghost story and yeah. Mr. Vampire, one of the funniest, yeah. <laughs> funniest <laughs> horror comedies you'll yeah. ever come across. Okay. Um, but I do like His the modern stuff. ones. Yeah. I, I think I he does modern better yep. than he does the historical stuff. I think stuff. Jet Li is better yeah, in... Exactly, yeah. yeah. But if you are if you want modern, yeah. um, I think you go Donnie Yen. Absolutely. His modern stuff. Okay. Added to that, Donnie Yen is... Oh, he's a, he's a nice, <laughs> nice... <laughs> He's, he's nice on the eye. Let's right. not let's not he's, ignore he's, that. He's nice yeah. in a pair of jeans. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. So I'll, and I'll give. See, let's not objectify him, but basically, yes, let's objectify him. <laughs> let us. Let us. Please. <laughs> Just done. Right. And yeah. uh, for me, I'll, I'll throw in my vote for Hero as well because it's one of my oh, favorite. Such a good film. Absolutely, and on every level, I love Hero. But if you're looking for a contemporary film as well, my absolute yeah. favorite is Chunking Express, which we talked about. Mm. Um. Yep. Which Wong Kar Wai is just the most amazing director so any stuff that he does yeah so one question I'd like to broach to both of you because I haven't seen this movie and I'd love if you, both of you have seen it um, you probably haven't Ian uh, but <laughs> Man of Tai Chi mm. have you no. seen it Uh-oh. that was directed by Keanu Reeves Oh, and he acted oh, yes, as yes, not the main character, but the yeah, villain yeah. of the movie. Did you watch it, Jamal? No, I do know what you're talking about, though. Yeah. That was like sort of 90s or something. Yeah, very 90s. Yeah. Um, but mm. it's like it's rated quite highly, and Hong Kong cinema loved it. Mm. Um, and, well, I like Keanu Reeves, but I think I, I would like to see him playing that role a lot more because, you know, he's not the main character of the, right. of the film. He is the yeah. villain. Mm. Um, yeah, he... I haven't actually. I've never actually seen him play a villain. Exactly, that would be cool. That would be cool because I think he could do it quite yeah, well. Yeah. He has a kind of mean-looking face. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's um, a very nice-looking face. Yeah, Christian Slater and Keanu Reeves. That is my. <laughs> yeah. That was my aesthetic as, as a teenager. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh I could. Goodness. Yep. That's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Man of Tai Chi. You've okay. not seen it. I haven't seen no. No. Right. So. See, my brother saw it and he said I'd love it. Um, 
and apparently it has a really tight plot is what, yeah. I, what I hear. I'll go investigate Manitoshi. Right. And what we were talking about before, um, The Bullet Vanishes as well. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. The Bullet Vanishes. Really good um, crime mystery. Mm. Yep. Uh, yeah. Oh. It's, yeah, it's really good. Talking about mystery. So this is the thing that's interesting in Hong Kong cinema mm. is that the martial arts is one of like one of the key elements yeah, that yeah. they they like and they love and I love. Yeah. Um. And one of the films that <clears throat> took a more um, it's almost like Sherlock Holmes meets. I hate comparisons like this. I hate mm. that I'm doing it. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes meets um martial arts, which was I right. Another one you're gonna say, but wait till you say it. Woozia. Yes. Yes. That is the most amazing That is an incredible film. movie. Donnie Yen as well. Yes, Donnie Yen. <laughs> uh, Peter the, Chan yes, is the, the director. De- and the detective's name is... is um, tak, uh, he's, he's half Japanese, half yeah. Chinese. It's Taki- uh, Takeshi Kaneshiro. Yeah, he acted in another... Um, he was also in Red Cliff yep. as right. well with, with Tony Leung as yeah. well. Yeah, and yeah. Wuxia, oh, if you go into film. that, it takes the one-armed, you know, yeah, bandit yeah. Mm. motif. It is more Western. Like, uh, yes. I'm not talking about Western eyes. I'm saying the... The genre of Western movies. Yeah. Yep. Um, it has that good, the bad, and the ugly sort exactly. of, you know, nameless. Yep. The boy, nameless, yeah. uh, mm. in this case, uh, swordsman. Yeah. Um, that has to escape this. Uh, uh, yeah. A little bit of, um, uh, what's that Vigo movie? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, History of Violence. That's the yeah. one. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it has similarities. History of Violence. In but there's that, um, there's one of my favorite, favorite scenes mm. from that. I just rewatch it over and over again mm. is where he's invested. He's... Oh. So good. Johnny That's how Johnny Yen is, is telling yep. what happened in this uh, fight scene yep. mm-hmm. that he, where he got into these with bandits and stuff, and you and you sort of watch in the detective's mind how he's viewing it, but at the same time he's questioning yes. the story that's being told, and he's actually yep. trying to see how so possibly smart. the truth could be. And just visually, it's yeah. the, and the music, the music like the, the way that it changes when you start to see actually no, this is not the truth. And yeah, mm. everything about it is just perfect. Yeah. I agree. It is not a straightforward narrative. No, it's not. At and all. I think that's one of the Ooh, reasons really? why it wasn't very popular. And Ooh. the girl that plays Dunyan's wife was in that film, and she got banned from. She was in the film with uh, with Tony Leung, hmm. which was a bit too sexy, and so oh. she got banned from cinema for indecency for quite wow, a number of years. Right. And I think it's her I first film back. And yeah. I can't remember her name either. Oh. She's great. She's she was She's wonderful. Yep. A really good actactress. Um, can I, so can I ask you a question, Sean? Just kind of. So I could uh, talk about this. Hong Kong cinema oh. for a very yeah, this long is, time. <laughs> this is something that I, I learned about you uh, coming in, also about Joel, actually. So I learned that I'm sitting in the presence of two very <laughs> massive uh, fans of Hong Kong cinema. Yeah. Um, so we, we, we were talking about this earlier, but for people who are listening, how, how did you get into Hong Kong cinema, though? Well, I grew up in a small country town on a farm, um, so it was just me and the sheep for company, <laughs> yeah. um, and it was just you know kind of boring but there was this television program on every Saturday night on SBS and it was called The Cult Movie Show and it was mm. hosted by Des Mangan mm-hmm. who I've been always been meaning to look up to see what he's been doing because he just completely had this massive effect mm. on my life yeah. and basically he would choose a cult movie to show every week and he chose a lot of um, Hong Kong films Yeah. Um, and the first one I saw that he showed was Chinese Ghost Story Part 3 mm-hmm. um, with Jackie Chung and Tony Leung Yep, and uh, it was just this whole thing just sort of opened. I thought I want to watch more of that. And it was just this weird thing of this every Saturday night. I'd record it, and I just wa- I had no idea what these films were ever going to mm. be. Yeah, and some of them were too way out for me, but some were just they sort of led me down these completely different paths that I wouldn't have had access to. Because mm. they certainly weren't books that I could go to my uh, books, films <laughs> that I could go to my local. Yeah. Um, 
uh, video store. Mm. They used to have those when I was young. Um, <laughs> and you couldn't go there and actually hire out any of these yeah. films that I was watching. This was literally the only place yep. I could see these films. See, now that's an interesting, interesting thought here um, uh, because we're talking about a very it's a very it's a pre-internet yeah. experience yep. that yeah. you exactly. would be very difficult to replicate now but in some ways i wonder and and i'm trying to pose this as a question but i wonder how that kind of influenced your personal writing mm. and, and storytelling because it because you didn't have the options the internet gives you now yeah. Yeah. and you were kind of narrowed down and forced down that path do you think that that's had an influence on you as a writer or as a in your creative energy i don't know because i mean if if i mean you wouldn't have guessed this passion for me, but of knowing me, you right. wouldn't guess it having read my book because yeah. it's a contemporary YA story yeah. set in Collingwood. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just <laughs> um, screaming Donnie Yen. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's very little, very little correlation between yeah. the two. Yeah. Um, and actually, uh, my editor uh, only recently found this out about me because her young son has recently got into mm. um, martial arts films. Ah. And so I was like, right, let me make you <laughs> a, a list. That's a list. Here's a list. Yep, um, yep. And she actually said, well, why am I not seeing you writing something about this? But yeah. it's not, yeah. it's just yeah. something I appreciate a as a fan. It's, it's not something yep. that I feel I have exactly. any understanding yeah. of yeah. or yeah. any right yep. even to go in and try and tell that story. Mm. Um, so I think more what it was is it's had effect on me personally and that it sort of opened me up to mm. um, a culture that I'm, you know, I've been to, I've been to Hong Kong now multiple times I keep going back because I like just being able to walk around and say oh I remember that that's from that <laughs> yeah. scene yeah. and yeah. um and going I you know going down there avenue of stars mm. and stuff and, yeah. and taking pictures of, and you know so I as a as a human being it's it's yep. changed me but and so I don't know whether it's yeah changed me as a as a writer or anything like that I don't think it's had any effect I mean other other things have had like Mm. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy mm. and Doug's and stuff that's had a massive impact on me yeah. as a writer mm. probably not my my love of Hong Kong films <laughs> but um, I'm glad to know yeah mm. it, it's interesting you ask that because yeah. um, just you know interesting about the influences because I think I I've told this story many times but like westerns were my you know mm. my bread and butter growing up but um, I think my start of Hong Kong cinema was having a DVD collection that my brother would hire out from mm. the store, mm. um, which was Monkey Magic. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. wow. Um, right. One Such of the greatest show. shows of all time. Jeez. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that, I haven't actually connected to that. That was a big part of my childhood as yep. well. Yeah. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I lo- the weirdness of it yeah. Yeah. is I so never surreal. It. I never understood it. <laughs> I just I. enjoyed it. I don't think I anyone... Don't yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, did, I had no clue what was going yeah. on, but it was oh. legitimate. Like, oh, such a great show. So... My parents, um, uh, well, my, my dad mostly loved Bruce Lee movies. And while I didn't really connect to, to Bruce Lee movies very much, yeah. I was I like... I haven't either. Yeah, I can't get into Bruce Lee. It's so like... It's a weird thing. Yeah. Mm. He's very he's very intense. I don't know. Yeah, it's I just, there's something about it that's... Yeah. It's more about the... I think Bruce Lee movies are more about the fight choreography than they are about anything else. But mm. even yeah. the fight choreography doesn't do it for me. It doesn't I do it for know. me. It's not the yeah. Um, yeah. Like, it's funny. I like the Jet Li movie about Bruce Lee more than I like the Bruce Lee movies about Bruce Lee. Um, anyway. That work. That So it was mm. me looking for alternatives because I love martial arts. So what did I find? So then mm. I went out and I, you know, yep. I found uh, like even mm. Jackie Chan movies. Though Jackie Chan does a lot of Western uh, yeah. films as much as he does. But, um, well, when you go pre his Hollywood, exactly. like Drunken yep. Master or yep. something yep. like yeah, that. Yeah, those all are, that all that's great. And there was a film, and just very quickly, I know mm. I, I, this is like, yeah, it's unlocking a bit. <laughs> of me it's like giving me too much sugar um <laughs> is that 
There was a film, which is a Western film, mm. which I thought was brilliant because that like summed up my like my childhood, which was Forbidden Kingdom, mm. uh, which had anything. you haven't seen it, Siobhan. No. All right, now ignore the Westernization of like the the main kid being like uh, this Boston kid, yeah. but it's a great like. Especially, I think it's fantastic for an American audience because it's showing them like this is how you get into it, kind of yeah, a thing. Yeah. Like all the, mm. the, the you know um, the motifs and everything, and it has Jet Li and it has Jackie Chan as the main uh, characters. In so the, really, they're more interesting than he is. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that that's how the film is meant to be delivered. And mm. really, that just got passed up. Not a lot of people watch the movie. Mm. It is a crying shame. Go watch that film. Mm. Brilliant movie. I loved it. Mm. Um, great entry. Actually, I think that's one of the best entries to Hong Kong. It's the one where it's a little white kid. Yeah, a little, little oh, skinny white kid. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a great entry for like kids who haven't seen Hong Kong cinema to, to get into that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and th- there's something else that I you, you mentioned that was just, mm. do, you th- do you think that's influenced your writing? Mm. I think it has influenced my writing or what I care mm. about in writing because I, I write fantasy still. Yeah. Um, and there's something about Chi- uh, Hong Kong cinema and in martial arts film since martial arts by their very nature have an undercurrent of spirituality mm. and mm. mysticism yeah. to it yeah. there's a certain myth in their work that's never lost which I think right. we've lost in fantasy today in western yeah. fantasy we've forgotten mythic roots um, and it's something that I find really compelling and why I write what I write I think Mm. And I, it's very hard to, you know, yeah. go back and dig apart your own writing. It's incredibly difficult. It's just not worthwhile. But I would say that it that fostered my love for it or increased my love yeah. for myth um, mm. is that, yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. Also, a lot of fantasy writers just like martial arts movies. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just a thing. Um, especially older fantasy writers, mm. um, like 90s writers as mm. well. A lot of them were like... Um, black belts and stuff like that. Like a lot of that had uh, certain undercurrents of discipline and stuff that mm. in their own lives. I guess the thing that that kind of ties all this together. So we talked about like action movies from the nineties mm. and in uh, Hong Kong cinema. That a good good story is good story no matter yep. the genre. Yeah, yeah, a good story will still pull you in, hit you right between the eyes, and you can walk away feeling emotionally moved by whatever it is that they've put mm, in there. Yeah. And that's what a movie like Hero does so well. You could say I don't really do that kind of cinema. Well, if you go and watch this, and if you love a good story, you get going to get hell of a story and you're going to get other stuff with it and, and and no matter what the genre is a good story will shine through i guess that's the, the yeah. thing for me absolutely we always get the added bonus i think with with hong kong cinema is that they're it's not only the story as well but because you know with mm. martial arts stuff like that visually it's yep. always yeah such spectacular so good. because they, they are about creating story both visually and with words like no, that yeah. they have in, in some films I think especially with Hero as well yep. mm-hmm. the with the colour palette yes. and oh the choreography like it's all actually that's it's more so important than yep. what's being spoken yes yes. Um, in that way it is like you know it is like an, a, a performance a dance performance more than it is yes. like a, yep. a, a film that's so True. I think that you're getting something completely different there when you're watching those sorts of films. There's and you'd never find it in Hollywood. Nope. No, you not would not never that. find Hollywood getting all these actors in one yeah. colour and the colour down and these people spending a 30 seconds filing into a room to make yeah, a formation. Yeah. You know, like, oh. it's it works so well. And we do forget, and mm. I think Robert McKee, just to come back to Robert McKee, uh, in story, he talks <laughs> it about... It always comes back oh, to Robert It always McKee. comes back to Robert McKee. <laughs> Damn it, Bob. Um, but just, just to draw down, it, I feel a little pretentious saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can just see the well, smugness. We'll 
yeah, yeah, name okay. dropping. Go for my, it. Go for my it. Research. Do your thing. Anyway, um, you know, he talks about the, the dominance of Hollywood story is something mm. that we forget as well. Mm. Is that you know we we watch movies now and we're just fed the Hollywood machine, whereas actually you know Europe has this amazing history and yep. Hong Kong there's this amazing history yep. coming out of there as well. There's like so many other places that don't have to have all the Hollywood schmaltz or whatever yeah. it is, you know, mm. and it's so, so legitimate and you get to see things you'd never see if you just watch Hollywood movies. Absolutely, yeah. I. Yeah, and and that looking at cinema and learning from their way of doing story is so refreshing. I think yeah. it's it's beautiful. Um, talking about beautiful story, Siobhan, mm. what have you been watching media-wise? Oh, yeah. mm. I haven't been watching much, mm. to be honest. I've been going through a bit of a reading phase. but um, That's good, too. I, I'm going to take it in a completely different direction. Let's though, do because it. The, um, the thing that I did watch recently, which I've just been getting into and I'm really enjoying, is Get Kraken'. Get Have cracking. you guys watched it? It is, you know, the mm. catering show, those two girls that did the spoof on cooking shows? Oh, uh, yeah, I've heard of. So I've not do. seen that. Yep. But I, I just happened to turn over sure. and watch. Mm. So they're doing a spoof on morning shows. Okay. Oh, really? Oh, are it's they? It's really smart. Oh, it's I know exactly so what you're talking about smart. now. It's so yeah. smart. It's really, it's just. The promotional is one, uh, she's leaning back and like. The only thing I can think of is the poster. Probably. It's, 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 it's the two, it's the two, the two women. Yeah, yeah exactly. they're both called Kate. Yep. Um, okay. And it, it's the, the show starts at 3 a.m. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> that's great. Um, and it's just, it, it's just, it's the smartest thing. And mm. it's just, I love their humor because a lot of it mm. is stupid humor, but then yeah. there's incredibly smart. Like, it's just, mm. it's that yeah. wonderful mix, which I really enjoy. Mm. Um, and just, yeah, I, 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 it's really difficult to explain because... You can say it's a spoof of a morning program. Like but it today, is a morning program. But it is also a morning yeah. program. But it's just it's social commentary. Yeah. It's feminist. It's mm. just, it's wonderful. Okay. For our international listeners, this is just an Australian Just show. an Australian show, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. And I can't, yeah. Is it, I, is I, it stream, you're streaming? No, it's no, on no, no, it's on ABC. ABC. It's ABC, okay. yeah. Um, right. I mean, I don't know whether you can see it because it's on iView. It's on iView. I don't know if you're international. I think, I think there's a restriction. There's yeah. a okay. restriction. Unless yeah. I'm sure there's ways around that. Um, <laughs> don't, do sure. don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. But don't yeah, me. no, and I yeah, just really enjoyed that. Yeah, so cool. It's a completely different thing. But yeah, I've been mainly been mm. reading. What What have you been reading? So mm. don't ask me that question. Oh. <laughs> Do you want to share one it's thing? It's super or? embarrassing. Oh. Oh. I've fallen down a hole of fan fiction. Okay. No, no. Which I've never read before and I've just fallen yeah. down the hole. Tell, cause, no, see, I'm totally for this because reading widely, go for it. So, and Joel looks yeah, very I mean, excited. The, yeah, like what, the, your face. What kind of... No, you have no to see, this is oh, not, That's okay. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> I can't go in. No. Let's oh. just let's just say it's good. You say it's good. It, it's good. Okay. It's it's fast. Okay. No. I'll, I'll look. I'll just. It's all right. It's mainly international people, isn't it? It's no okay. one that I know that's going to be listening to this. <laughs> sure. No one's going to judge me. No. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one Direction fan fiction. Shut the, the front band. door. Yes. Really. So I'm someone who's very alternative in my taste of music. Yeah. And I'm not actually a One Direction fan. Yeah. I accidentally stumbled upon this theory, this conspiracy theory. Right. That two of the band members in One Direction yep. are in a secret love affair. Oh, wow. And so there's all this... Fan fiction. Fan fiction <gasps> about yep. 
proving that these two are together. There are videos on. It's like it's wow. this massive. That you, if, unless you know about it, yeah. yeah. But when you get in there, it's it's huge. Yeah. It's massive, and they're obsessed. And it's just it's wonderfully. It's weird. Yep. I I went in expecting to read stories actually about, but then it surprises me the amount that take these two existing people. Yeah. And the reason why they love them. You know, is because of their personalities mm. and because of this love that they think that they share, which is a beautiful love story between mm-hmm. these two boys that are being forced into the closet, and it's it's, it's quite interesting. Yep. Um, but then they write stories and they just have the names of these two character people, mm. and then they change exactly who they are. So they have like there's like vampires versions of the story, there's mermaid stories, and really? then there's stuff where some like they're like CEOs of businesses and wow, um, really? cowboys and cowboys. Yes. Cowboys. Yes. There you go. Wow. And the other thing is, most of it's quite yep. smutty. Yep. Mm-hmm. Most of it's written by sort of 14, 15, 16. Like yep. The things that they know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been educational. This is <laughs> you're reading, you're saying, this is I, teacher I didn't know right that. Yeah. How right. do you know yeah. that? How do you know that about two men? Mm, there you go. Okay. So it's just fascinating, right? So the whole thing you've just found that's really captivated you. I've been. I started. It's, it's for research for something else. I've been working yeah, yeah. on. But you. Um, and then just. I like how you said yeah, yeah. No, no, but no, it, it, is, it is true. <laughs> it is. It's research. That's what research does. It does. You. It's a rabbit it's, hole. It, re- research is is a. You've got to know when to pull up. I think that's the yeah. thing, right? Because you just it's a deep dive. But the thing, the thing is, my foot is on the accelerator, and I can't pull oh. up. Oh. Can't stop, won't stop. Because it's fast. It's it's quite interesting mm. the way that they take mm. the same yeah. ideas and the and way like they, they remake. You, you continually mm. see the same concepts of. It's always the, the same person that's always mm. had the one coming having trouble coming to terms <laughs> with sexuality. It's always they just keep picking up, and it, it, I find it interesting in terms of mm. characterization. Interesting. The way that the 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 way that because these are real human beings, yeah. the way that they've been observed in films stuff like that, the way that people pick up on these particular repeated characteristics and then form yep. conclusions about what that means of their, in terms mm. of their motivation. Because yep. that's what I do as a writer. That's what I aim to create on the page to signal yep. these things about something so that the reader can yeah. make these assumptions. Yeah. The so yeah. it's actually kind of characterization in, mm. in real life. Yeah. So you're trying to find the threads of like how they get to Ex- B yeah. and what's displayed on A. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's really, that's really cool. from, a, yeah. Yeah, from that perspective, it's mm. actually quite fascinating to see how they create these characters sure. these mm. different people creating the same basic yeah. character over mm. and over again based on the same cues that they've all observed and so I think you think how universal storytelling a character is mm. because we're all we've obviously all been taught to interpret the same cues mm. the same yeah. way mm. and I find that quite fascinating interesting so that's interesting if I can pick up on way back before fan fiction was really I mean sure fan fiction has been a thing you know, mm. but not, and the internet has empowered it to become kind of a community yeah. thing. Uh, I think back to when I, I read some Star Wars books when I was a, a yeah. teenager, and I read Timothy Zahn's uh, fantastic Air trilogy. Air to the Empire. The, the only one, hmm? Air to the Empire. Air to yeah. the Empire, great. Like, an I action. haven't read any of it. It's really good. Yeah. Um, Even I, if okay. you don't like Star Wars. I, I love I Star Wars. Okay. Prose-wise, mm. 
you know, anyway, interesting. Yeah. Um, great plot. Great plot. So it's fantastic plotting. They yeah. should have just done those for the movies. Absolutely. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, but then I remember I finished reading those and they were so good. And I picked up the next book, uh, which was written by a different author featuring the same characters. And I got about 15, 20 pages yeah. in and I was like, I can't do this. Now, I wonder whether there is a gift in, in people who haven't developed as writers as much necessarily. Yeah. So maybe they're starting out. They're, they're not professional writers as such. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if there's a gift in terms of, ha- of not bringing their own slant to a character in fan fiction this yeah. is just a, a thought yeah. I mean the the quality varies and it's quite interesting because these yeah. are all obviously amateurs and, and some of them have no intention yeah. of going on to become writers yeah. it's very interesting to read some of them some of them I, and my a day job when I'm not writing is as a manuscript assessor and an editor so mm. I I come from that perspective of, of looking at mm writers and developing writing skills and stuff like that yep. and I read some of them and think you've got an innate talent you're yeah. mm. this is great mm. um, some of it's actually very high quality mm. some of it is terrible yeah um, I mean, that's that's the joy of it yeah um, but it's just it's that weird I don't know there's just something really fascinating about it mm. in in the way that yeah of of trying oh but that, that's the interesting thing with fan fiction as well is that you do get the ones that are basically yes presenting this character without any sort mm-hmm. of their, their own slant yeah. on it it's presenting right. the character as that human being has presented themselves mm. but then it seems to me actually that a lot of them do it's all about taking this person that they love and then inserting it into something else they love and that's where you get the right the werewolves and the vampires and the, and the right. mermaids mm. <laughs> Can you imagine One Direction's mermaids in a story? Like, this is what I'm talking about. It's, yeah. it's bizarre. Would no, not no, have that. mermaids. Oh, oh, mermaids. There's a lot of gender swapping yeah. and a lot of male pregnancy stories. And yeah, it's interesting. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's just a very. Things I didn't think we'd be talking about. On yeah, this I did podcast. not expect we'd be talking about mermaid versions of One Direction. Yes. This is why I'm always a great dinner guest. Yeah. I will take I, you somewhere yep. that you will not expect to go. Oh, you're top of the list now. Yep. My goodness. You are <laughs> certainly <laughs> top of the list. I mean, you were always top of the list. But now you're like cemented it's cemented there. Cemented it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, well, ladies and gentlemen, 47 minutes of talking about Donnie Yen in One Direction. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's been great. Let's move on to the topic, oh, shall yes. we? <laughs> Hang on, that wasn't the topic? And that wasn't you didn't the invite topic. me to talk about One Direction and Donnie Yen? This is like cake and cream. Right. Yeah. Um, so let's get to the cake part of the cream. <laughs> the cream. Uh, yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> That's good. Hmm. Hang on. What is? What is? What are we? What did I? What was I actually invited here for? Is, yeah. Is yeah let, let's let's if, if talk through it. Let's figure out why mm. you're here. Siobhan. Why am I here? <laughs> yeah. Why am I here? We're glad you're here. I definitely. Sometimes I think why I'm here as well, but That's then okay. I realize I'm. I don't have to be in the world would be fine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I don't want to talk about why I'm here in a... Oh, know, right. Oh, existential. Because that's... Yeah. I, I don't have that brain power at the right. moment. That level. It's, it's mm. Wednesday evening. I'm just... No, I'm not ready to have that conversation. Not that space. Another podcast. I mean, in, in the very <laughs> literal sense of... What would you like me to talk about? Yeah. yeah. Well, what we would like to talk to you about, mm. audience, is... Why? Now, we've talked about this quite a bit this year, and one of the reasons we went to Somerset uh, was to showcase a lot of YA authors um, mm. to the international audience, as well as just to pick their brains and have a look at what they're writing and what they're reading um, and how it's contributing to the, to the space. And one of the authors that we really wanted to get on, but it's just a matter of times and schedules, is mm. Siobhan. Um, so we're very but happy. Last time I... I, I forgot <laughs> the date and I made other plans. I, like you, you, you phrased that really nicely and made, made it seem like, you know, we'd just been struggling with our schedules. No, no. We, we made a time and date. <laughs> I forgot it. Um, but we survived. But yeah. Yes. Um, 
I was trying very to. Generous I was trying to slide. Slide that. Okay, right. It's fine. I don't He's mind. very diplomatic. Let, mm-hmm. let people know how rude I am. Mm-hmm. Well, she's not. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, yes. So we wanted to get Siobhan on, and we wanted to talk about um, not just the book, but also um, the road to 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 writing YA, and yeah. also, I guess, uh, let's start off the conversation. You know, get straight in. And talk about YA today. Let's talk about how people perceive YA, some misconceptions, huh. <laughs> um, and some things people say to you, uh, Siobhan, that you're like, uh, not yeah. really. Um, so having the not really response is very common to me since I write spec fic. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you'll have some stories as well. So yeah. let's let's talk about that. Um, and uh, yeah, let's get the ball rolling. I, th- I think it's really important to start off with saying mm-hmm. that YA is not a genre yep. and it's it's really important to get that out of the road. Yeah. Mm. That it's a vague marketing term yep. in, mm. in uh, really, yeah. but, you know, it is also a, a, an audience mm. in and a wh- very complex way because when I write, mm. I do have a teenage audience in yeah. mind mm. um, and that's who I'm writing for and that's that's who I'm trying to put on the page. But I'm also aware of, I have to be aware of, and I can't help being aware of, mm. the fact that actually the majority of my audience who end up reading are not teenagers. Mm. There is a percentage of, um, and certainly I do a lot of school visits and stuff like that, but, um, uh, you know, the majority of the YA audience is actually, you know, women over the age of sort of, you know, mid-20s and, 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 and above. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a weird position to be in, to be a, to have a target audience of like who I'm thinking about, who I'm writing, mm. who I want to write for because that's the audience that I'm passionate about. But also knowing at the same time there is a, a secondary audience that's actually bigger than my primary audience yep. and trying to – and I don't want to cater to them but I have to be aware mm. of them. And I say that as someone who's actually part of that secondary mm. audience. Yep. I read YA myself. Mm. Um, but I think it's really important for me as a writer, writer of YA to never forget that actually I'm writing for teenagers and mm. they're the ones who are most important and they're the mm. ones whose experience I'm trying to capture. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just there's so many different ranty tangents I could, I could mm. go down. <laughs> it's, <okay. laughs> it's just, you know, choose which, which, uh, which <laughs> rabbit hole to fall down. But you said um, uh, when you were introducing it, the, the um, you know, things that people, misconceptions and stuff like mm. that. Um, one thing that always happens, mm. and, and this is, you know, one of my biggest ranty areas, is, um, and this, someone, um, I, met, I was doing a master's in um, publishing mm. and, um, you know, and you're sort of meeting someone for the first time and, this, you know, I said, I also write as well. No, what do you write? Mm. I said, I write YA. Oh, that's nice. You can work your way up to adult fiction from oh. there. That's exactly oh. what they said. And that that's a very confronting wow. way to put it. But that is the general yeah. response that I do get from people that that, that don't understand YA yeah. themselves. Um, that whole idea of, will you write an adult book though one day? And like, will you, will you graduate to writing proper books? Mm. Um, that sort of general attitude, wow. um, which you know, and I say that in terms of misconceptions because mm. it is completely missing the point mm. of what YA actually is. Mm. Um, yeah, and then there's the whole rant, which I would be happy to go down, of the reason why it's so derided that, mm. that, that people look down on YA so much is because it is something that is predominantly for 
teenage girls mm-hmm. and the whole thing of anything that they care about that they're passionate about is something that's not worthy right um and that's the topic i could rant about for a very long time mm. um but yeah i'm just sort of <laughs> my anger is making me go down various <laughs> Dude, right. paths. it's okay um, um yeah i have to ask you so did you did you and I'm sure you've been asked this before. Did you intend, did you kind of stumble into YA? Because I've heard you speak before yeah. and you talk about your journey and, and how you tried writing various things to as you got started. Yeah. Was it, um, what is it, do you think, that draw, draws you to a younger audience? Um, yeah. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, all I know is that when I was um, a teenager myself and I was, I always wanted to be a writer from age sort of 14 onwards. Yep. Um, and what I was writing, why it wasn't a term that was used until yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. quite recently. So when I was, because I'm, you know, <laughs> quite old, um, <laughs> that when I was a teenager writing this stuff, I didn't know I was writing YA. I was just writing yep. the stories that I was yep. interested in. Yep. Um, and uh, they did very well for me at um, VCE, or mm-hmm. uh, high school. Yep. Um, and But when I got to university, I went to a prestigious university to do writing Mm. uh, where I very quickly discovered that these sort of stories that I was writing were not valued in fact they were you know derided yeah very much so and I was told that I couldn't write basically um, because of this stuff that I was submitting and and give up basically that must have been yeah that was great (laughs) Um, and but I I was a complete suck so um, my thing was oh they don't like what I'm writing therefore I need to change what I'm writing not understanding that you know it's it's completely subjective and you know Hmm. not even understanding that it wasn't I was wasn't fitting in that university's you know Mm -hmm. lofty ideas of capital L literature Mm. Um, so I changed my writing style to fit what I thought they wanted and so I Mm. Which, you know, is fine. If, if someone wants to run that style and that's their natural style, great. Yeah. And there's room for that. And, and you know, it's just this is not me. So I, I stopped enjoying it yeah. until I rediscovered when why it became more and more of a thing. And um, I read a book called On the Jellicoe Road by Melina Marchetto, who's one of our mm-hmm. greatest mm-hmm. YA writers. Um, and it was like this lightning bolt moment of, oh, that was the stuff I'd been writing and wanting to write. And, mm. and I get so much joy reading this. When I'd be, it changed my reading habits mm. as well because I thought, oh, I can't read books like what I'd been yeah. writing. Mm. Um, so I tried to, you know, read um, exclusively the, the type of books that I was supposed to read mm. um, and found that I wasn't enjoying myself as much there as well. Mm. Um, and so once I had that enjoyment as a reader again, I rediscovered what I wanted to write and it was what was happened to be YA. And it's just, just it's just my natural voice. Mm. It's just, and the stories that I gravitate towards that come into my head just tend to be these YA stories. It's just, I, so I don't, I don't know whether mm. something in my general creation as a human being sort of just, you know, mm. gravitates me towards that, but it just, that's just how it happens. It, it's interesting you say that as well, because I would say, and I'm, I'm not saying this to flatter you. So just, just so you know, I'm not trying to um, position this at all. Great. Cause um, I hate flattery. I, no, right. So, cause I text, I text Joel when I started reading, I said, this is probably, and it does sound like this, but this is probably uh, the strongest voice that I've, I've read in, uh, in Frankie oh. in a very long time. And so mm. I, I'm amazed to even think in reading that, I'm amazed to even think that anyone would dare to tell you not to do that because it's right there. Mm. And like reading it, it jumped off the page at me. And um, and I, I guess it, it, it boggles my mind to think that you would go uh, to a different place mm. if, when it's so strong there. Like yeah. that, 
I was, I, I, yeah, anyway. This is just to say that I really, yeah. I see that in what yeah. you've written. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it's know. it's one of those interesting things that I think, um, uh, like you said, YA that term, you know, it's it's fairly modern, yeah. right? Mm. So when I was growing up, I, no, didn't, I didn't know what it was. So it was yeah. called Nothing. something different. Yeah. Um, there were regard. YA there books were, around, yeah. and oh, I yeah, my yeah. you know, study came up came back to show you I could fly, and people can't hear you. Yeah, yeah. actually, we've, we've always had a great mm-hmm. selection yep. of YA books from yep. Australian authors yeah. in Australia. We're very lucky in that sense. Yeah, they mm. just weren't like marketed. They weren't marketed that way. Yeah. And it's interesting because would you say that, and I've asked this to a few other authors, but would you say that, you know, you say it's a, you say it's a, a readership, right? Yeah. And more than a genre, and I'd agree with that. Um, but I think it, there are certain, like, conventions, right? Yeah, like, definitely. As most genres have. Yeah. While this isn't, there are, like, things people look for in YA. Yeah. What do you think those things are? Mm. Well, that's a big question. Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> and, it, and again, that depends on, I mean, the things I'm going to say about what they look for in uh, is is skewed by the fact that I'm Australian because I think that we have a different sure. aesthetic and yeah. what we look yeah. for yep. um, here. Mm-hmm. Um, and character, I think, is one of the big things. That mm-hmm. We have a lot of character-driven and yep. it's about characters, it's teenagers that yeah. are, and this is probably, you know, correlates to anywhere as well. It's always about that moment of your still looking inwardly but you're also at that same time because you're a teenager, you're looking at, well, you're beginning to actually uh, see yourself not as an individual, but as someone who's part of a society. Mm. And it's that search for identity and, and the, the kind of person you want to be and the struggles of actually coming to terms with who you are and yeah. what the world is like around you. And, and, and sometimes that's just, you know, it, it's shown in terms of individual relationships, say with, you know, struggles with a parental relationship or something mm. or or it is actually, you know, Hunger Games you actually are, are coming up against a totalitarian yeah. government or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's still exactly the same thing. It's about that point in um, what what we all actually go through where you, we've gone from some of that sort of internalised childhood where you actually really are thinking very much in, in your own little world mm. not yeah. looking outwardly to that point when you actually are a teenager, you're beginning, you still have that sort of self-centered uh, self-centered has a negative connotation i don't mean like that but you're still looking inwardly yeah to looking outwardly and and thinking Perception. who am i yeah. is this a world i want to be part of yeah. do i want to change this world am i happy to like all those mm. sort of questions yeah at the same time as dealing with what kind of person am i and what kind of world this is those that you know yeah those questions are sort of interplaying with each other there um there's the complaint that there's too much romance in ya Mm. Um, but romance definitely plays a really strong role. I think most readers come to YA expecting that romance will be a, a major subplot. Mm. Um, where I don't think you have that expectation when you come to um, mm. to adult genres. Um, it's interesting because it is sort of I enjoy romance storylines myself, mm-hmm. but if they're all have all romance storylines, is it not enforcing a certain idea that we need romantic relationships in order to be complete human yeah. beings and stuff there's big questions like that especially because yep. so many of those mm-hmm. so many of these stories are actually heteronormative yes. romances yep. which is a massive issue mm-hmm. um so yeah so that's a that's a that's a problem um i don't know i think that the big thing is, is definitely that whole like, sense of identity i think whenever i talk about themes that are that are big in ya whenever mm. i sort of teach running YA and stuff like that even the other themes that you come up with are all fundamentally yeah. about identity. Like yeah. I think that's the, the core focus. Yeah. Um, there's always a search, right? There's yeah. a there's a self 
Yeah, I, from what I've read, and again, I, I'm coming to this as a complete you know, newcomer in that yeah. regard, so I, I don't understand the genre conventions as well as you would, but um, when I see it as, you know, as an outsider looking in kind of a thing, um, the, the, yeah, those themes of self-discovery and yeah. searching, uh, there's, a, yeah. there's like this global thing of, uh, and, and it's natural, right? It's how we develop yeah. is we, mm. we want to search for something whether yep. that's meaning yeah. or um, for someone else. And that's that discover that, that romantic side of things. Yeah. Um, mm. And then there's the, the, the fitting in thing and then there's groups. Which, and the there's, the yeah. fitting in thing is a really interesting one. And I actually mm. I read a, a, an essay on this actually on the Hunger Games once looking at um, the, the way that it, a lot of these stories, especially the dystopian stories mm. and stuff, present mm. the idea of you know the individual coming up against this you mm. know totalitarian government stuff that a machine, but yeah. ultimately what happens is that that individual, yep. usually a white straight girl, mm-hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Um, it's has to it's more of, it has this kind of like totalitarian sort of a not totalitarian um, communal. It's going to come to me. <laughs> it's going to come to me. It'll come to me. Mm-hmm. You'll probably come up with it. Um, to fit in mm. with the rest of society. It's actually a lot of them actually have quite a fit in. Mm. You must sort of fit in, even though they kind of present themselves like in the Hunger Games as well. Mm. Actually, it's very much about her sacrificing yeah. herself for the greater good of the community. What's mm. the word I'm looking for? Oh, I, know what you, I know what you're talking about. The, 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 the oh, by martyrdom? No, 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 not Martin. Oh, it's gonna annoy me. I'm, ah. gonna, I'm gonna wake up at like two a.m. I'm just gonna shout. You the can word. tweet us. Yeah, <laughs> shout. We'll the get word a tweet out. and we'll be like, ah, oh, yes. Utilitarianism. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Right. Util- got it. Okay. Yeah. Right. So yep. yeah, that actually presents itself as this whole. He's the individual yep. coming up against it, but actually, it's ultimately about it's a. He has good. to become it's the. It's about yeah. Yep. Self sacrifice right. for the greater good yep. of, of everyone mm. else. Interesting. Um, which is an interesting thing to be presenting to teenagers who, mm. uh, you know often rebellious and, and mm. looking at this society that's been created for them by the adults um, in their mm. lives and it's basically about conforming mm. to that and it's, it's presented in this way that's sort of like no, it's, these stories are about these people rebelling yeah. they're really not they're not they're yep. really mm. not for the most part mm-hmm. they're really not yeah. ultimately when you boil it down when you boil it down to what actually happens and what the characters have to go through is to become to part it, of the system it's to, to become part of the system to become part of what's mm. supposed to be like a better system mm-hmm. other than the totalitarian government. But it's still a system. But it's still a system yeah. and it's, it's just still a, a system one. in which they have to sacrifice <laughs> yeah. a lot about themselves. Even yeah. Katniss ends up yeah. still having to mm. marry a dude yeah. mm. even though she's clearly unhappy about it but she yeah. still does it because that's presents yep. some sort of this is what normal society is about. <sighs> there's, there's it's a, quite interesting. It's, it's so curious you mentioned that because I remember reading an article some little journal somewhere buried away where no one was really looking at the article, but that was the article that I thought had the most truth to it, mm. was that Katniss Everdeen is not a rebel. No. Mm. No, she's is not. Is that she is a product of a machine Yeah. that churned her out and mm. made her exactly what she needed to be, yeah. and she didn't rebel. No. She just had, like most teenagers, they're looking for meaning in... Yeah. Uh, just they just want it their way. Yeah. It's right? controlled rebellion. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And presenting that as though it's some sort of like yes, this is glorified virtue. But yeah. actually, ultimately, it's not because there's still 
conforming. Yeah, it's just a system that it's yeah. a, just a different system. Yeah, which is also very different from reality because when rebellions happen, they're, they're messy. I mean, yeah. exactly. if we want to talk in very somber terms, you look at uh, rebellions in places like Syria mm. or recent places where where people have risen up against systems. It's not like someone rose and, up and then it was all good. And and it's a thing of mm. uh, like almost a revisionist like rejection of what human beings do in anarchy is yeah. that often. Yeah rebellions and revolutions are violent horrific mm. things if you look at probably the most well documented is the mm. french revolution mm. yeah yeah not a great time no, no. no. awful awful mm. things happen but since we have the benefit of history we can yeah. go like oh french people and like left and right know, wing yeah that's yeah. what we got like, out of this yeah exactly <laughs> whereas like the actual boiling pot is there was so many bad people yeah on, on, both, on sides. both sides yeah, um, that sounds right Trump thing to say. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If it's, you're listening, Mr. Trump, we yeah. do not endorse your Sorry. views. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> and yeah, it's this it's this fact that we need to stop looking at it in that respect. But it, in many ways, a lot of the dystopian we, we portray is just like an extension of a traditional uh, view right? yeah, of how government should be and how yeah, democracy yeah. should be, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, that do you think that YA is should be growing out of that? Or do you think that just by its definition, it's just how it's going to be? It, it, well, the thing is, and, and I, I say this as a white middle-class woman, mm-hmm. is that while you have white middle-class people writing these stories, they probably are going to yeah. present that same, mm. you know what I mean? And this yeah. is where the importance of actually a variety of... Those diverse mm. voices, of, you yeah. Know, and, and getting mm. works in translation into to Western countries and stuff like that, just broadening what YA actually is, is incredibly important. Mm. Not only what the content of the books are, but actually who the authors are and what their experiences are because, you know, mm. it's hard for me to determine what experiences yeah. have shaped me as a writer. But, mm. um, you know, they're going to be completely different mm-hmm. to, to someone from, you know, a, a different yeah. country. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, th- there's, there's that aspect. There's also... And I, and I think we are, we are changing mm. with, with YA. I think it's getting better. And and part of that is social media and the ability of for readers to discuss mm. outside of their friendship groups. So to have you know mm. to, yep. to form have discussions with people that don't actually really know mm. uh, or they only know via the internet, um, and to be you know open to different ideas and stuff, and to have real time discussions in which they will say, well, I didn't like that for this reason, and oh, that's mm. interesting, and they can have those discussions. I mean, it's it's, it's awkward. Um, yeah. Because it's a mm. it's a conversation that you know you, you as the author can be ax you, you can see um, yeah. and if it's you know if it, it can be confronting mm. it needs to be confronting but doesn't mean it's nice yeah um, well luckily nothing like that's happened to me yet but I'm, yeah. Yeah, it'll <laughs> happen at some point and mm. I guess it has to mm. um, but yeah so we are sort of it is it is sort of shifting it's becoming a little bit more aware of and and some of that is just the responsibility that you sort of feel. Mm. Um, which is interesting. I, I've talked about this and I, I still don't know what my feelings are, but mm. it's sort of there's uh, the space for children's and for YA has always been couched in terms of mm. what the children are learning from these books. Right. It's not about reading for pleasure. It's about reading for understanding and mm. learning and, and knowledge and stuff. And it's, you can't remove it from that. Mm. As much yep. as I'd love to, you, you just can't because ultimately you are learning from what you read. Yeah. But even yeah. as adults, we are. That's that's yeah. the thing. But it's you know because you're still forming your opinions and ideas if it, and who you are, your, your identity as a, as a child and as a young adult. The mm. books you read are going to impact on that. But we 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 
look at books more than we look at film and, and mm. music and stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, because mm. books have been part of our education system. Um, and it's been interesting, though, to look at the shift from uh, sort of having a fairly conservative agenda and trying to look at yeah. uh, children's and, and YA of, of presenting a, a conservative morality mm-hmm. to actually having a more sort of a, 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 a left-wing morality sort of being mm. enforced yep. on, on, on YA. Yep. And I, I feel uncomfortable with both. Um, yep. Even though I am quite a left-wing person, but I feel mm. uncomfortable with sort of suggesting that all books have to mm. have a very clear-cut yeah. morality. All characters have to learn yep. from mm. their mistakes, yep. and I'm not saying stuff you know, should be offensive and, and cause harm and stuff. Mm. But I'm saying there is a, a difference, um, and you don't want books that were all these perfect characters yep. behaving in in perfectly moral ways, yeah. Yeah. or at least learning. And and that's learning that's and that's the thing you know, with, mm. with my with my book as well. Mm. I mean, there's a there's a character in there. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a burglar and mm. he doesn't really learn a lesson and no. he doesn't end up in jail or anything like that and even Frankie with her behaviour. Yeah. Um, I think she learns more than what Nate does, yeah. the, the burglar, mm. but um, she's not really learning a massive that's lesson. That's not how it works in real life though. No, like, yeah, and we that's don't the always, thing. Yeah. And, I, and I, have, I have zero problem mm. with reading something and reading a character and go, oh, that was a terrible thing to do. Yeah. That's mm. just as important as her yep. learning on the page, a terrible thing. Trust in the fact that yeah. my mm. teen readers are smart enough to mm. go, oh, that's a terrible thing to do. And that's mm. kind of the lesson. I don't have to put it in the book. It's okay for them to have that conversation themselves or with the adults in their lives or, yeah. or whatever. It doesn't have to be spelt out on the page because teens are smart. Yeah, yeah. They can work it out. It- yeah, I mean, I, and I think you're absolutely right. And for me, it's more about the journey of Frankie as a as a character. You see yeah. her growth, and you see what she learns through the story, and how she, and you know, the the um the things that she learns about herself, which which I really enjoy that kind of journey of hers. And it, I didn't feel like I walked away from that any less um, uh, emotionally fulfilled yeah. because you didn't say, and that's when she learnt this about <laughs> her life and you should too. Also, yeah. don't swear at adults or something yeah. like that, you know? <laughs> uh, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, I, I would say as well, it's an interesting thing. I, I've been considering a bit recently, and I know we don't have time to get into all of this, but it's interesting that uh, we sit here as adults writing for, you know, and I, I write YA and, and writing for young people, um, one of my favorite books as a kid was actually a, a book for middle grade written by a teenager, which is Gordon Corman's uh, Bruno and Boots series, which were very funny and, and very interesting. So, and bit of, bit obscure, I know, but very good. I've no, yeah, I've never heard of it. No, well, uh, very influential on me, yeah. surprisingly. Um, but yeah, like th- that was actually a teenager writing for YA. It's a kind of a rare thing mm. to have someone because often you've got to develop the skills and the yes, ability exactly. to actually tell to the communicate. stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And communicate. It's a hard thing, and, and in my time, kind of you know, working with young people, you're always encouraging young people to be engaged in it so one challenge i think for ya is how they can be engaged in uh, not having adults say this is what you should read this is what you should yeah. learn but actually saying this is what we're interested in um and you know even though we can't tell those stories yet you know where can we find them yeah, yeah. and and i think that um on, on two factors i think uh one i think it's okay to admit that you're not ready to write something yet yeah um learning mm. is super important and you never stop learning yeah. Uh, but secondly, I think, you know, as you mentioned, books don't have to, to teach you, a, 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 like, be an educational morality yeah, yeah. G- a guidebook. <laughs> um, but I think the one thing that I looked for, and I think that really helped me, is that books taught me, um, taught me language and taught yeah. me the beauty of language. Is that yeah. progressively, I think, 
Um, I was reading books that challenged me in terms of just the just the natural state of reading a line and having to reread it and be like, what does this actually mean? Is there layers here? Mm. And I think that um, the things I look forward to still today, and even in YN, you can find it, is that the best ones for me are the ones that are layered and they don't need to pander to you or, or mm. anything. They're, they're complex yeah. and they're layered and they're shaded. And prose, beautiful prose is still good prose. And whenever I say that, I think people get the wrong idea and people think, oh, he means purple prose or like very flowery prose. That's mm. not, ex- that's n- not yeah. what I mean. I mean good prose. And good prose can take on any form. Yeah, lots yeah, of yeah. Um, yeah. But I think that's what I look forward to as well. Well, thank you both of you for taking part in this discussion nice. i've really enjoyed it yeah. we've gone for one of our longer sessions today. sorry we <laughs> no, talked too long was, about donnie and jeans <laughs> i wouldn't take any of it back especially <laughs> that one um so siobhan tell us where we can find you on your social media what have you got coming up yes and so yeah. i'm mostly on twitter although i am sometimes on instagram but really that's just pictures of my cat so mm-hmm. if you know if you're looking for writing stuff then it's definitely twitter it's just at siobhan plaza it's my name i'm really inventive like that yep um and my book frankie which has been out for a year and a half almost is it two weird years, to think about in, in australia <laughs> it's coming out in the u.s Ooh. november 17th through, mm-hmm. through Flatiron. Um, and my next way book is coming out. It's called Tin Heart. It's coming out in Australia. Um, I haven't pitched to the US yet. Um, it's coming out in March next year. Um, and it's it's a bit different. Like it's it's quite different in tone and um, but another very flawed character making stupid decisions. <laughs> That's good. It's good. Um, yeah. Also, it's, it, I, I moved a suburb along. Frankie said in Collingwood in Melbourne, and this one's in Clifton here. In Clifton there you go. Hill. Ah, so, so you're slowly I went, moving out. Although she does visit Collingwood in one scene, but yeah, so it's one suburb along. So I, don't know. <laughs> I branched out. The <laughs> Historians will look at your work as a as a gradual history of suburbs, and then she I'll, got I'll to end Reservoir. up in Darwin yeah. at some point if I, if I live long enough. The ocean crossing yeah. will happen eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Ian, where can people find you? Your newsletter is out. Where yep. can people find that? Newsletter. Uh, so, yeah, you can uh, you can sign up to that on my website. Uh, what do you talk I, about in your newsletter? What do I talk He's about? He's very witty. I, I talk about your writing or just general stuff? I talk a bit about the writing, a uh, bit about what I'm reading, yeah. and, uh, yeah, what's coming up. So it's kind of like a... And there's a really good by-the-bedside thing, which I really like. It's yeah. not what you expect. It's just books. Um, but yeah. <laughs> uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, so we talk about by the bedside. So it's good. Uh, It's starting out, so that's fun. Yeah, so um, head on to my website, ihlaking.com. That's ihlaking. And uh, yeah, it'll it'll pop up for you eventually. I put a pop up on. It was exciting. Um, (laughs) But I'm hyperactive on um, on Twitter, ihlaking. It's true. He is. Yeah, anyway, I won't get into that. It's good. Yes. Uh, You can find uh, The Morning Bell on Twitter at the underscore morning bell, which doubles as Ian's alt account. Um, (laughs) You can also find themorningbell.com. Com.au. Uh, our podcast archives are up. We had a fantastic discussion with Amy Kaufman um, on our last podcast about YA, but also about science fiction. And we talked, uh, uh, we had a great time there. So you should listen to that one. But I bet she well. didn't talk about Donnie in One Direction. Oh, no. 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 See? Yeah. yeah. I know. Don't, don't invite her to your dinner Yeah, party. absolutely not. <laughs> Amy, you're off the list. Number two. Number two. I love Amy. For <laughs> <laughs> the record that people didn't know, yes. <laughs> I would happily have a dinner with, with Amy. <laughs> and Donnie Ian. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. 
Done again. Uh, That'd be a great you can, dinner party. You can find me at the pen of Joel on Twitter, but don't bother following me because I don't tweet about. Yeah, anything. you don't do anything. Man. I don't do anything. You're boring. Literally. I am. So he tells boring. me when he tweets. You could you could have like a whole suit sort of based Twitter where you it's sort true. of like picture of your suit of the day, belts. discuss the importance of belts, listen, yeah. and listen. I'd respond going, "Dude, belts aren't that cool." Yeah. Like, oh my God, they are. Have I feel like you'd be the only one to respond though. <laughs> Be a, be a pretty one-way con- You and Michael Pryor, man. Yeah. Talking oh, he, about your that outfits. Man's He's got the fashion. B- I mean, I mean, you know, you look great. I don't want to embarrass him. I love outfit. Michael to death, oh. but my goodness, he yeah. looks spectacular. Yeah. That yeah. is a man that can dress. He can dress. He can absolutely <laughs> dress. First time I first time I met him, yeah. a fully Blown white away. suit, like three-piece oh. suit, yeah. top hat included. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Just at a casual drinks. See, he I waltz, <laughs> he waltzes in and he's and I'm like, that's a man I want to know. Do you there know you uh, the first time story time? The first time I met Michael Pryor was at a uh, um, Melbourne Writers Festival um, j- school mm. event, yeah. and uh, he was dressed in this uh, tuxedo, yeah, uh, this black top hat, and he had a book that he would open and fire would come out of it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I yeah. love this man. That's, so him. <laughs> that's cool. And <laughs> ever since then, yep. Yeah. Michael Pryor. Uh, has he been on this podcast? He has. Yeah. He's uh, been on three times. Oh, yeah, there you go. Totally no favoritism. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can find the Michael Pryor, michaelpryor.com.au. I think <laughs> listen to him after mine, though. That's yes. right. I mean, this is no use because this is the end of ours, so obviously listen to this. Yes. Congratulations if you made Unless it Unless you fast-forwarded through just yeah. to the yeah. end. Yeah. Welcome to the 1% of our audience <laughs> that actually waits for the shout-outs. <laughs> we so. love you the most. No, we, we love you just no. the most. Ooh. <laughs> it's okay, the other part won't listen. No, there you go. Yeah. Um, I did write a really introspective, uh, like I said, don't tweet about suits because people already think I'm pretentious, but like, um, I wrote an article on my website. I'm going to tweet you about suits every day now for okay. like a month or something. All right, I respond with... What suit are you wearing today? Yeah. Yeah, see? There you go. I'll talk to you about how I think thin ties are actually bad in uh, fashion (laughs) because it's actually like ruined tie design. Anyway, um, yes, I wrote an article about fences. Uh, It's not as boring as you think it is. Fences? Fences. Siobhan, you should read this. Like fences like... Like, like barbed wire? No, no, no. Wooden wooden fences. Wooden fences. It's a a solid... It's an easy read. It's an easy read. 300, 400 words because I don't have the patience to write something longer. Mm. Yeah. Because I, I was hoping, I was like, fencing, I'd miss her. Because I wouldn't uh, be something about fencing. Huh. Did you talk to C.S. Picard about fencing? Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fencing. fencing. See, I'm actually oh. starting that next year, actually. So there you go. Then he'll so, write about fencing. Then I'll write yeah, about yeah. fencing. No, she's, she's got a comic, comic coming out yes. about fen- fencing. Also oh. a friend of the podcast, C.S. Picard. She has a super uh, cool-looking... Oh, God, yeah. Oh, she's another... Yeah. The other yeah. Very stunning. Uh, it's called I Fence. Love I love her thing. Uh, and I think the artist is... I remember, yeah. Very good. Very good. Very good. <laughs> go on, she's been tweeting about it. Just go on her. Yeah, go on fine. Her it's a banner. Like yeah. CSP Cat on Twitter. Literally, this this the, this shout out has just been about other people. <laughs> it's true. Anyway. But if you made it this far, well done. Thank yeah, you. Super good. Anyway, fences. You should read that article because I'm super conscious. But That's not just, true. No, I'm not interested. In, I grew up on a farm, man. But I'm it's, not it's interested really in fences. Nice. You should, I've it's, had it's about suburban culture and how we're ruining society. You like that. Deep. Deep. No. Neil, okay. There you Never go. Mind. All right. We're done, ladies and gentlemen. I failed. Gonna read about One Direction. There you go. Need some work. Thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll see Thank you in two you. weeks. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Ciao.